This is Live at Five with Glenn Curry. Oh, their brains all over your nice cyber league suit. Was it over with the Germans bomb Pearl Harbor? Hell no! German? Forget it, he's rolling. <laughs> Learn it, know it, live it. Are you running a business or a charity war? Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Uh, Yankees win! Pull over! No, it's a cardigan, but thanks for noticing. You a planet fucker? <laughs> This is Live at Five, yes, Live at Five, Live indeed. at Five. <laughs> so it's the five o'clock hour, it's ten minutes after five o'clock. I'm going to talk like a, an 80s DJ here. Ladies and gentlemen, can you dig it? Can you dig it? Uh, anyway, it's Friday, it's lighthearted, so... I just switched to Sanka, so have a heart. Name the movie. I should just have that segment, like, name the movie. And we could just do a, a show like that every day, every day of the week. Wouldn't that be better? Nah. Uh, no, you want, yeah. no, we don't want to talk about that golf course. Scrapers, scrapers. Not to mention the stuff going on there in uh, Washington, D.C. Matt Gates is, uh, you know, I, I interviewed uh, the uh, congresswoman yesterday, Claudia Tenney. And uh, bo- t- talk about, I mean, we love her and so forth, but uh, boy, she's got the gift of gab, right? I, I actually looked at the waveform, uh, you know, because I, I, I look at my uh, recordings and I, and I looked at it. I was like, out of that 10, 11 minute interview yesterday, it's, it's like 95% of it is, is her voice. <laughs> so, you, I mean, which is great. I mean, again, she knows a lot more about what's going on down there than I do. But uh, it's, it's good. I'm so glad we have a relationship. We, uh, Jeff always had a strong relationship with uh, Congresswoman Stefanik. So did I. I've, I've, I've met her many times, spoken to her. She's, uh, you know, reached out to me through her people to talk, you know, and, uh, and, she, and that's great. So, but nonetheless, uh, yesterday was, was, I don't know if we learned anything. They're into their 14th vote. Matt Gates was on there today. He's the guy uh, that I asked Tenny yesterday. I said, look, is there any bad blood between he and McCarthy? Because McCarthy didn't come to his aid when he had that big scandal where he and his college friend apparently, you know, went online and got a couple of hookers to show up at a bachelor party. Oh, they're, they're human trafficking, Joy Bahar says. Did McCarthy just like look the other way and say, you, you know, you're nothing but a big forehead? You know, if you look at Matt Gat, Gates, whatever the frig his name is, from Florida, he has by far the most exa- exaggerated looking head I've ever seen in my life. Where, you know, when you go to like a, I don't know, a carnival or, you know, some type of street fair, there's always someone there drawing, you know, caricatures. So when you look at Matt Gates, you know, you sit him down for a caricature, the, the, the guy drawing him actually draws a normal person. Not this big-ass forehead that he has. Ooh, goodness gracious. Anyway, uh, uh, it's a Friday, so I, I, I did want to see if we can lighten things up. Let's see if we could do that by starting off in today's show. Hi, you're on the air. Hey, Glenn. Um, I want to play name that movie. I got one for you. Good. This is Donnie. What's, uh, give it to me. Oh, O.J. Simpson yeah. gets chased down and killed by two black helicopters hmm. because he doesn't want to fake a 
Mission to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that O.J. Simpson was in Capricorn One. Yeah, Capricorn One. The movie. You won. You know what you won? Uh, and I, I never saw it, believe it or not. I turned that movie on to you, and I never saw it myself. But I just knew about it. Really? Never did. You've never seen that movie yourself? No. Is that, your, like, your favorite movie now? Uh, well, it's <laughs> up there. Like, I, I hate television. I don't even own one. And I don't <laughs> care. I haven't been in a movie in probably since I was, oh, God, probably a couple decades ago, maybe. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, well it's, it's been a long time for me. That movie was a great one because it's basically a documentary. I don't care that... They call it science fiction. That is a documentary. Yeah, and by the way, Elliot Gould is in that. Um, there's a lot of people in it. it what, I think it was came out in like 1978, 70. you know what the year? Capricorn won. 70-something, 70, I, I don't remember, 74, maybe, I don't know. So as we all know, Donnie is flat-earth Donnie, and um, he's, uh, he, he's a round-earth denier. And I turned them on to Capricorn One. What? Almost like in the beginning when I came back to the show. And I'm like, yeah, so yeah, when you first came on, you mentioned it. And I was like, no, I've never seen that movie. Uh, it was like... Well, YouTube had it. It was and like... And I watched it on YouTube. And I was like, holy smokes. Uh, this is like the truth. Right. But masked as science fiction. It was incredible because it was almost like giving a, a child a pacifier or, or like a tiger a big-ass <laughs> bone so he can lick for like hours at a time. You know, because Donnie was like, this is this, this is this. I said, whoa, whoa, why don't you just watch Capricorn 1? And he did, and he was <laughs> now he's making it out to be the greatest movie of all time. O.J. Simpson being chased down by two black helicopters. Boy, isn't that uh, foresight in a, in a sense. <laughs> right. At least it wasn't a Bronco. Anyway... All right, so any other movies to declare? Is that the only movie you got, Donnie? Um, well, there's the one, there's a documentary that I'm in called Level. Right, right, the British guy. By, his name is Sean. I'm going to spell his name first because last time you saw it, says, it's H-I-B-B-L-E-R. All right, I don't know, so I have no Hibbler. idea. Okay, oh yeah, we got to be careful. All right, yeah, so right. that's Sean Hibbler is the one who came out with that documentary. Um, but he's, he's on to his third now. Right. He's, the third one's about to come out this year. He's been putting one out every year. Right, right. Um, so, but, I mean, that's pretty much like my favorite. Well, okay, so I mean, again, you're into a lot of conspiracies, but what 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 say you about the, the Idaho murderer? What, what say you about that? Oh, so, yeah, I heard, I heard they caught him, and then he's got some criminal background, and this is what I think. He does? I didn't know that. I think that the news is all fake. I don't believe a damn word that comes out of any broadcast, whether it's Fox, CNN, ABC, MNBC, CNN, or I probably said that twice because they're so evil, but uh, well, I, I don't it, believe none of them. Well, you should, I mean, obviously, believe this, four people are dead, so you got to know that, right? Well, how do I know? I, listen, <laughs> I'm not there to verify it. Listen, what we've got used to is they trickle in a little bit of truth, so... They say, oh, the sun's shining today. Well, we have the sun's shining today. And then they come up with some other thing. And, you know, oh, you got to get your mask and put your mask, get your needle put in you. Right. And they're like, oh, we got to listen to that because, you know, listen, it's crazy. I don't really follow, like, that stuff. I'm interested in, like, real things, like real uh, people. Well, this, but, but, Donnie, um, this is a real thing. Four, four beautiful young children, children, I call them that, kids, College so, kids were killed. So, has this happened and that is the guy? Yes. I'm not saying that. You know, it's I mean, definitely I, what him. What I'm saying is it could just all be a sham mm. where it just distracts everybody from learning other things. Well, I don't know about that. But, because Donnie. That's I, what's really going on. All right. All right. So, I, there's, yeah. a, there's an information war. 
gotcha. that's going on. All right. And if we can get people dumbed down that like sports, that like to gamble and drink beer. <laughs> Sounds like Joy Bahar. And they work 40-plus hours a week. You know what? They're so tired and drunk at the end of the week, they're not going to look at any truth. No, I agree. I agree with you. Donnie, i got to go, but I appreciate that. Capricorn right, no problem, 1, movie of the day. Movie of the day. All right, so what did we learn yesterday as far as, you know, again, this is a local show. I'll cover this real quick. But this, this story out of Idaho went from zero to 1,000 in less than a couple of days. Obviously, Friday was the day when they caught this guy, and everything was hush-hush. Up until the last couple of days, things were starting to make sense. And then yesterday, an enormous, enormous blockbuster was revealed. The papers included details on how uh, the killer, Kohlberger's DNA, was found on a knife, knife sheath close to the bodies of Maddie and Kaylee. So that wasn't disclosed at the beginning that there was a sheath there. So FBI agents matched the DNA to Kohlberger after getting DNA sample that was taken from his trash at his house in Pennsylvania. That's amazing. But here's, here's the big kicker. Now, and, and, you know, whenever the Watertown police, you know, Channel 7 will ask them, can you give us any details about why this woman's body is there? No. And everyone gets upset. And no one, and of course, seven and nobody, you know, and then no one goes out and really asks any questions. I'll never forget the time there was a, there was a murder out there in the town of Houndsfield in 1995. Someone burnt the restaurant down. Seven went out there to cover the story as a fire, only to find out when they got back that there was a body in there. And how could you not know that? But that, again, it was a weekend deal. Probably someone fresh out of college thinking that they were someone, the next Walter Cronkite. Obviously, they weren't. But that's neither you know there. It, there's reasons why the police don't divulge a lot of information, because if they do, the suspect and or killers will find out and say, oh, we've got to change our pattern. We've got to change the color of our hair. We have to go to Mexico. They know too much. They didn't say anything about it. And who could forget? What's his face there? Ted Williams, uh, the correspondent from, uh, from uh, uh, Fox News, who was on the scene practically hours after the bodies were taken out of the place. He was referring to the local police as the Keystone Cops. Well, somehow or other, he's back in Idaho, probably eating all of his words, and we all do, because they didn't tell us everything from that day, one of which documents released yesterday detail how a surviving roommate, Dylan Mortensen, came face... Oh, I thought it was a... Is Dylan a female or male? I don't even know. Came face-to-face with a masked man believed to be Kohlberger in the hallway of their... Believed to be. Of course it was. In the hallway of their shared home. You've seen pictures of the house. It's, it's, it's like a bungalow on top of a bungalow. So this person walked right by them. Mortensen heard what she... Okay, it is a woman. Dylan, come on, give me a break. Mortensen heard what she believed to be her roommate crying in, the, in her room and saw a man in a black mask with bushy eyebrows. If you've seen a picture of the suspect, he's got bushy eyebrows. She froze with fear and watched as he walked past, which I can totally understand. Then waited... This is the kicker. Waited six hours before calling the cops. Well, she's, she's 20 years old. 20 years old? She's a college student. She and her parents are paying at least fifteen dollars to $20,000 a year to teach her to be a human being. How can you not call 9-11 right then and there? Then they find out that the suspect actually showed up at the, at the crime scene about four or five hours later just to check up on it. At this point, people don't know what's inside. That is by far the biggest revelation, other than the fact that they caught this guy. This is the guy. There's no doubt about it. It's amazing what they went through to, to, to rev- actually get, get to this guy. And then the FBI had the, uh, the, the state troopers in Indiana stop him twice. The, the story, the details are going to continue. They've got their guy. And now we realize why information is not uh, divulged from the outset. 
And I myself was saying, come on, give us some more. Now, if anything, I learned myself, and so did Ted Williams, for referring to them as the Keystone Cops. They knew exactly what they were doing. So kudos to the local police, the county, the state, and the FBI, the feds that got involved, that got this guy where, where he needs to be. The look on the suspect, Kohlberg, or whatever his name is, he had this look, his scowl look on his face, frightened to death. He's with his dad. He left three or four days before the end of the semester, suspicious in its own. Changed the license plates on his, on his Hyundai. The whole country was looking for a Hyundai. So he figured, well, Dad, you better fly out here, and then we'll drive the car back to Pennsylvania. We'll put it in your, par- we'll put it in your garage and make believe we never, we never drove it again. Well, the, obviously at this point, the FBI already knew who their guy was. So that story's coming to a close. Death penalty, I don't know if they have it in the state of Idaho. By the way, the state of Idaho, it's enormous. I always look at it as this, this, this little wedge of a, of a state in between Oregon, Washington, and Montana. And you look at it, even the bottom portion of Idaho is at least one and a half times the size of New York State. It's a big, big place, that's for sure. Go to the phones to see who's there. Hi, you're on the, uh, you're on the air. It's Danny Francis. Yeah, that's me. I'm just listening to the first couple of calls. Yeah. The first, uh, first part of your show. You know, investigations, I don't know how many investigations you've ever been involved in or conducted. I've conducted quite a few in my life. Uh, you never reveal what you know unless you want to let the public know for sure on look out for this and look out for that and watch for this and watch for that. You don't reveal evidence, evidentiary sort of information to the public for just the reason you said. Sure. They'll be running for cover and they'll be destroying the evidence if they have any, if like a, a get rid of the gun or the knife or the... Or the car. Yeah, whatever. Right. So that, that's, that's, that's investigation 101. So it's not it's not anything to get uh, all uh, angry and, and PO'd about and whatever to say. Why didn't they tell us? Well, you know, you'll find out later. But that's the whole purpose of investigations, to investigate and to find and put together a case or something that can be prosecuted uh, to the ultimate. I, I agree. I, I totally agree. And again, it, because, you know. I'm just, I would just say, be yeah. careful how you present that, Glenn, because some people out there in the listening audience will say, oh, I agree with him. Well, you don't have to necessarily agree unless you hear the other side. Well, I'm, I, I'm, I'm licking my wounds from what I said. Hopefully Ted Williams did the same thing over there at Fox yeah. to realize that, you know, what you just stated and how we can now look in 2020 hindsight and say, oh, I know what you were doing. And uh, they did it properly. I, I give them all the kudos in the world, you, you, no you doubt. You take it with a grain of salt, as they say, uh, and, and you just you, you, you follow the news, you look at all the different angles. But I would not draw any conclusions on any case, particularly one like this. This is very dramatic. The guy went from Utah, what, drove him back to Pennsylvania. Yeah, and, right. And, and picked up his dad. I don't know whether his dad knew what kind of a character he was or not, but that no. image of the police, the police that pulled him over yeah. for a traffic violation, I think it was in Indiana. Right. Uh, body cam took pictures of them, and they, they both look like they both look guilty. So you do you think that I mean that's a big question. Do you think the dad knew about it? I don't I don't know. I'm sure he knew what type of person quote his son was, but I don't know if he knew if he was a violent person. What's the word that they say? A guy that uh, st- stays from there's a new word. It just was created. It's something to do with forget what it is. But whatever it is. Anyway, death penalty, yes. Someone just told me uh, the, the Idaho has had the death penalty since 1974. The last time they executed someone was 2012, 11 years ago. Yeah, they do still have a death penalty. After. And, he, and he will probably get that. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm assuming that he's going to be proven guilty. The evidence looks to me like it's uh, beyond a reasonable doubt. 
that he will be get that you know set on death row for probably 10 12 years uh, appealing everything for every angle that you can hey but by, by the way not not to interrupt Danny I got to bring this up and I'm, I was confused by it but someone has asked someone just texted me I don't know who this is it doesn't matter they're asking if you're campaigning right now uh, are you going to be a city council person or what me yeah am I gonna are you talking to me yeah I'm talking to you uh, Robert De Niro taxi driver I heard a different voice there <laughs> if I'm gonna run for city council yeah I don't think so I, I, I was down there on the panel that was interviewed when uh, uh, Rocia uh, Pierce got. Uh, oh, oh, so, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, Sarah, the first time, yeah, Sarah, uh, right, Sarah Campo. Well, you know, I shouldn't predicate. I shouldn't even say this. I mean, someone obviously I sent me that. The panel. I was one of the people that got interviewed, and uh, I, I know why I didn't get selected. Obviously, so mm. I don't need to discuss that here. No, people can draw their own conclusions. So, yeah, I think I could do a good job on city council. I think I could do a good job as the mayor because I, I deal from a position of leadership and facts and, and, and what have you, not not in your window. So, are you going to submit your name? No, I'm not. I'm not and by the way, for the record, I, I gotta, I gotta let everyone. Know, we don't know if Sarah's gonna leave. I mean, with, you know, you look at the headlines on News Junkies. It sounds like she's already gone. Smith said, I think it was the day or yesterday. Said uh, he thinks she will. She, she's got a year left. He says he thinks she'll run out the year and stay in office for the for her remaining year. Interesting. Okay. I think it would be smart if she does that because I don't. I, I particularly not her, but uh, people. I don't like to have candidates who get elected, say for a four-year term, right. two-year, whatever it is. And then six months later, look for a higher office or a way to get out of there. Well, I mean, you know. That's not fair to the constituents, and they had faith in the people. I just, I, I personally could never subscribe to that. No, I, I, I. Unless it was an emergency and I had to leave it, but I wouldn't leave it for a higher office or. You know, I, I think people, once people get in there, I mean, I'm going to go out and live and say, Ryan, you know, um, uh, Wilkinson, he, I think he had higher aspirations, but I think he was turned off by he and or his family, whichever. You know, he, he was a guy that was talking about becoming a strong mayor or bringing back the strong mayor system to our government. And I'm thinking, boy, Ryan's, you know, he's aggressive. He's going to But no, he decided to stay for one term. So, you know, I guess people might become, you know, a little bit disenfranchised with it after a couple no, of years. I think, he, I think he was a good member. Of he was. Too, a smart guy. In my opinion. Yeah. He was a good, hardworking guy that worked down at the... Uh, and, Jesse, and Jesse got a gig down in Syracuse, and, and you know, he's got a gig now, and... and and quite honestly, I don't think he could have that what position right now. He's in media, so it, it, it you know really it worked out really well for 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 Jesse because he's got a really good job there. Um, you know he was he was good at what he did. Well, he probably couldn't pass it up by you know saying I'll I'll, I'll talk to you later. Let me serve up my term. And they say well we'll have to find somebody else. So I, you got to look at it from that angle too. Yeah, and and here's the other thing about Sarah Campo is like there's a position waiting for her because she's in the 13th district. They're not going to wait for her after another year. So it's, it's tempting. It's more money. It's less responsibility. Uh, there's more people to scrutinize as opposed to just five. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's a tough decision for her. And uh, I really, I, hopefully we could talk to Sarah well, in the I'm next sure couple of days. Well, people in the 13th district that would like to run for that position, too. I don't know who they are because I don't live Well, I, I heard about T.J. Bullock, but uh, not T.J. Not T.J. Bullock. T.J., I'm forgetting his name at the moment. I think he either left or he has no interest, one or the other. But he, he went in a, a primary spinoff against Gray, uh, well, last year. So, yeah. so anyway. Anyway, listen. Uh, thanks. I got to do a break, Danny. But uh, thanks for for calling in on a Friday here on the Live Five Show. So Danny Francis here. I got to do a break. I can't believe it. How fast time uh, flies by. Uh, and we'll do this. We'll be back after this. Locals get it. Uh, welcome back. It's five thirty. Well, actually five twenty nine. Ahead of myself. 
Sorry. Alright, so I'm just checking my phone. House adjourns until 10 p.m. as GOP leaders work to secure McCarthy's... I'm gonna wait till 10 o'clock? One of the, uh, one of the Congress people on the Republican side accused the Democrats of having been drinking. You know, kind of, you know, amused with the whole process and, you know, in chambers drinking. And she doubled down on it later. And a couple people interrupted Gates today. They're saying he's wasting time. He's making them look like idiots. You know, it all depends on who you look at, you know, who you talk to these days. Gates, in my opinion, other than the size of his head, seems like a good guy. Jim Jordan, I like Jim Jordan, too. I, I, I think Jim Jordan could be a good house speaker. But what's really, what's really cool about it is like, you know, third in charge, as far as Republicans are concerned in the House, is our own, well, it's just, to a large degree, still our, our, our uh, congresswoman. And that's Miss Elise Stefanik. And, um, and whenever you turn on you know, live coverage now, it's not going to resume until 10 o'clock, but you'll always see her there. It's, it's quite impressive. I remember, you know, just seeing, you know, like, uh, and this is no disrespect to past Congress people, but when John McHugh, John McHugh was there for like a 85 years, it seemed. And to see him, and again, you know, the whole landscape as far as coverage is concerned and, you know, the uh, cable uh, uh, news products and so forth. It, it, you know, you, you don't always see Congress people in chambers as much as you have in the last 10 years or so. But boy, we, it was rare to see a John McHugh sighting in Washington, D.C. In fact, I took a picture of him one time in the Rose Garden, and I sent it to News Junkie. This was early on, and it was like a big deal. And News Junkie put it on, and it was a big deal. That's our congressperson. Uh, Holy mackerel. I thought they just flew him up here every two years to run for office. He actually works down there. But now, at least Stefanik, she's, she's there. You see her all the time. And who could forget her own congresswoman, Claudia Tenney? She, she's on there as much as Laura Ingram is. I'm telling you, if, if, she, if, she, if Laura Ingram had to take a driver's test <laughs> and she felt she couldn't pass it, this is based on a story I just heard the other day. Interesting. If she couldn't pass a driver's test and said, look, I can't pass this driver's test. So Laura Ingram's going to call up, you know, Congresswoman Claudia Tenney. You're going to go as me to, to uh, um, you know, right near Park Circle of Watertown, and you're going to take my driver's test. And you know what? No one's going to ask any questions because you look just like me, right? That's the way it's going to happen. Hi, you're on the uh, Live Five show. What's going on, Glenn? It's Tim the Enchanter. A uh, public announcement here. Uh, over to Norcal, there's, um, the Lions Club is starting a... Uh, support group for the blind and visually impaired in the area and that's next thursday right at three o'clock if people want to come and join in they were on the news so uh, so advertising that also so, so tim let me let, let's let's study that i mean you know what 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 type of event is this what happens here you know, you know what, what? well what happens is uh they're going to have a uh charlie messler yeah right. which is uh eye doctor come in and talk about different uh forms of eye diseases that can cause blindness and visual loss sure. and what you could do to prevent it, mm-hmm. uh, like glaucoma, or, you know, all sorts of things. Yeah. He'll be talking about all sorts of things and uh, why why is it important to go to the eye doctor, to a doctor get pressure taken, and right. et cetera, et cetera, how, how you could take care of your eyes, you know, by sunlight and all sorts of things. So right, right. this is kind of informational thing. Some other people are struggling with vision loss. 
um, and you know what uh, visually impaired people are they struggle you know with crossing sure. the street what are some of the obstacles right. even though the, the light turns uh, says to walk you don't know that right 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 you know? traffic so traffic those, those, yeah. Uh, yeah so mm. but uh, I just want to throw that out there yeah. and I, I want to do a little uh, movie thing with yeah, you yeah there you go yeah. give you a couple I, I'm not too good at this but go for it uh, I did watch it the other night uh, with my girlfriend, self. Yeah. Okay. Asteroid comes to Earth. Right. Okay. Armageddon. Um. Uh, guy gets it on his hand. Yeah. And uh, Hawaii Five O. What movie do you think that is? There. <sighs> he gets what? Hawaii Five O. Is it Creep Show? Huh? Creep Show. Peep Show. No. <laughs> creep. No. Obviously, it's not Creep. So okay, so explain. <laughs> I thought it was Creep Show with uh, uh, Stephen King. Uh, explain it again. Uh, it's an asteroid comes to Earth in Hawaii Five O. Well, I'm just telling you different things. Okay, Steve McQueen's in it. Yeah. The asteroid comes to Earth. Guy sticks his hand in something and, and starts the process hmm. uh, of the monster. Oh, it's got to be. Is it? Is it the Blob? It is. There you go. Hey, he has one. Come on down. I, I just right. wait, but wait a minute. What, what's the Hawaii Five O thing? What's where does that come well, from? Steve McQueen, right? What? What are you talking about? He wasn't in Hawaii Five O. You're thinking? Florida? No, you're thinking of uh, what? Are you blind? No, nah, it's kidding. Uh, yeah, I am. <laughs> no, well, you think? My girlfriend told me that. Well, she, t- <laughs> I'm gonna put her on the put her phone. on the phone. Put her on the phone. Put her on the phone. Is that Steve McQueen? Steve McQueen's not the Hawaii Five-O guy? No, no. That's Helen Hayes' son. Oh, I screwed it up. Yeah, no. I forget his name. I screwed it up. That's what I'm talking about. I can't see nothing there, Glenn. That's okay, brother. I love it. You still got it. Yeah, gracias. Any other movies, though? Any other movies, Tim? Well, you know, I... I watch. Uh, we watch. You know, it's a wonderful life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, we. I got into the blob. Right. Oh, uh, I told her about that. She. She didn't see that. Uh, well, I can tell you this. Ago. I can tell you this. Um, Steve McQueen's last movie was called Hunter, and it came out in 1980. He was a uh, a bounty hunter. He and Lamar Burton was in it, and he died a couple months later. He also directed a movie where he played a, a western. And he he, he he had like three or four different directors fight. He was a difficult guy to get to get along with. He married Ally McGraw. Um, you know there was reports that there was some battering going on there. And he was a he was a marine. He was uh, he was in World War II. He was quite the guy. He was uh, he was a man's man. And, and again, I don't I don't condone him for what he did when he was a when he was a husband. But he was a good American. He was well, also a big time race race fan too, just like Paul Newman. They got into their so, r- so, racing. So my my movie background is is my first movie was Jaws. Yeah. And the last time I went to up to the cinema up there, I, I went to the movies and they were supposed to have these headphones for blind people. Right. And uh, you could put them on, and then they it would be like a you know right. they would describe what's happening through the headphones. Well, the darn things never worked. <laughs> Well, if they did work, so, how could they, how could they? Do, I mean, like in Jaws, how can like a uh, um, like you know? Dum, dum, dum. I mean, I don't get it. They, they, they would describe what was going on. He comes the shark. He comes Ben Gardner's yeah, head. Yeah, yeah, pretty pretty much. You know, they they would describe the fish, how big it is. Really? So a large thirty type of thing, so you can a fish by approximately forty you know. meters long is is approaching the boat called Orca. At this point, they're very frightened. 
Are you still listening? Are you? Are you? Are you, are you, are you hey, you'll be good at that. Hey, well, have you come down this? But you know what? Well, I'm I'll on Facebook. on, and you could do that. I could you know do that. that. But you know, right now, if you go on like TikTok or Instagram, they have those things where you know you you, you, you they put these videos together of an entire movie in like thirty seconds or a scene. And and they have it narrated, and I'm assuming that's what you're talking about because it's yeah, probably right. for yeah, yeah, and it's actually very well done. A woman walks into a room and she notices that her son is drowning in the kitchen in the in the bathroom tub. The bathroom tub is now filled with water right up to the brim. It's hot water. The child is screaming, and I'm like, oh my god, this what am I watching here? Yeah, then I got to realize I'm driving. Huh? Holy mackerel! I, finish, the, got, the, finish the movie, Glenn. I, I, I mean, no, it's typically just a scene, uh, and there's a lot of suspense going on. Uh, someone, uh, oh, here's another one. Uh, there's, there's, there's a bunch of. This came out like I don't know, eight, nine years ago. There's a bunch of young people jumping off what looks to be a big, big boat. You know, like a sailboat, and they're all yeah. jump. And then they come to realize they can't get back on the boat. They're in the ocean, and there's a baby. Oh. There's an infant, infant rider, rather, still up there. In the, and when I'm watching this, I get so much anxiety when I'm like, oh, my God. And like, how the, what, you're just scaring the heck out of me for crying out loud. <laughs> I looked up the movie. It came out like eight years ago. I don't know what the hell happens. But it's like, oh, you forgot to put the ladder into the water. And now you're all floating in the ocean. <laughs> it's that terrible. That would be something I do. Uh, that would be. And you know, it's what? funny that you should say that because. As I watch something like that, I'm thinking in the back of my mind, I said, you know what, that would be something that I, who would ever think to, to remember, rather, to, like that last person that jumped off the boat, oh my God, I just realized I didn't get the ladder out. <laughs> it's like everyone, no, no, hey, we're going to hey, die. Glenn, hey, Glenn. Yeah. Glenn, I want to leave you with a weekend joke. So, little boy says to his uh, dad, he says, Daddy, I know who I'm going to marry. She loves me, and I love her. She tells me all the time she loves me, and I tell her all the time I, hope I this love is clean. her. And Daddy said, well, who, who would that be, son? Yeah. Well, that would be Grandma. Hmm. And Daddy says to his son, well, I got a problem with that, son. She's my mother. And the son says back to Daddy, well, you married my mother. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. There you well, go. The, uh, there you go. I, I, I think that's clean. I have no idea. I think it is. A little creepy, but whatever. It's kind of whatever. Hi, you're on the you're on the air. Yeah, uh, Glenn. Speaking of McQueen, I watched uh, Bullet was on. Uh, I think it was Wednesday night. Yeah, yeah. And uh, got right up to the TV there mm-hmm. and watched that chase scene up and down the hills there. <laughs> Jeez. Incredible. You know, it just brings back memories. Here's the thing, and I'm glad you brought it up because it's one of those examples of a of a of a movie that has one scene in it. <laughs> because the rest of the movie, did you watch the whole movie by any chance? Oh yeah, it's, yeah, I like the whole movie. I, I like it. It's very well done. It's very well acted. But I there's times where I'm like, what's going on? What's who's the bad guy in all that? Who are they chasing? Why are they being chased? Why is it uh, Steve McQueen is being chased and then he's chasing them? That I could never understand. But needless to say, it is arguably the greatest chase scene of all time. And, and really, in reality, it's the first chase scene ever shot. Uh, I mean, they've had, you know, Keystone Cops and all that other stuff in the he old days. He did his own driving. He, d- he did his own. And the other guy that did the driving was the guy sitting in the car with the glasses. Was also yeah. the was also the guy that did the French Connection and the 7-Ups. And he did a lot of other things. And he was, Aww. yeah, he was a total drunk. They would, okay, yeah, yeah, great stuff. But Bullet. Tough movie to watch because it's like, you know, they get on the plane, they get off the plane, you got to wait for them to get off the plane. There's a shootout scene at the airport. All you got to do is watch that one scene. 
And the one scene, of course, is on the streets of San Francisco. And it's going up and down the hills. It's like a cat and mouse game. Two of the most beautiful vehicles ever built. A 1968 Mustang, Mark I Mustang, is, is chasing a 1968 um, um, Dodge Charger. Black. Beautiful. And they had all types of problems making that. In fact, one of the scenes you could see there's a jump cut there because there was a door open and the door goes flying across the street. It was supposed to be chained down, but it didn't work. So it's amazing what these guys did. You know, they don't have the CGI and all that other stuff they can do now, which makes things look so, so fake. And, and then the French Connection, uh, William Friedkin, he made that movie back in the early 70s, right there in 86th Street in Brooklyn. Not the greatest neighborhood in the world, by the way. And uh, they didn't tell anyone. <laughs> I mean, they, 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 they took off a couple of streets here and there, but for the most part, they shot it on a Sunday, and they didn't tell anybody. I mean, they just did it. Back then, they just did stuff like that. And up until the time when Vic Morrow lost his head uh, shooting the, the, the Twilight Zone movie in the early 80s, you know, they, you know the Hollywood did get away with a lot of things without uh, dealing with OSHA, but that changed. All right, listen, i got to do a break. We'll do one right now. You listen to the Live at Five show, and we'll be back right after this. You've been hearing about Harridge's contact. So yesterday, yesterday, when I was young, sorry, <clears throat> I uh, got a full tour on Lower Court Street. Let me explain. Former councilperson and well-known businessman, Steve Bradley. And I've known Steve, well, since he had Abbey Carpet, his location there, um in uh, Factory Square. We're talking over 30 years ago. And his kids were infants. And yesterday I see his kid driving a BMW. He says, well, it looks like everything's working out here. And uh, so anyway, I, as, as ignorant as I've been, you know, uh, working across town, sometimes it took me away from all what I was truly interested in over the years, and that was the development of Watertown and its history, what's, what goes on next. I, I always kind of, I, not for nothing, I, I kind of figured that Court Street was the forgotten orphan of downtown. We've seen so much development in Public Square, Lower Washington Street, for that matter, Factory Street and, and Lower State Street. And I was like, yeah, you know, that, that Lower Court Street's a mess down there. What, what can they do? And, and of course, the Capreras came in. They took over the, uh, the, the Goodyear uh, place. That was a mess. That was sitting there empty. Now I see some development. Now, you know, it's, it's going to take a bit, but they're doing stuff over there at the old Globe. Globe was a mess. And then, uh, so I got the tour yesterday, and I didn't realize this. I thought I was such a pro at knowing which building was what at one time. So I'm always thinking that the JCPenney building, for instance, right next to what was what the JCPenney building that stood next to Channel 7 on Arcade Street was the only JCPenney. And obviously it wasn't. JCPenney is an old company. It's been in this town for a long, long time. And in fact, the building next to Channel 7, where the court uh, building is now, uh, that was probably built after World War II. So there was a building before that. And what was it? It was the old Severance building. I did not know this. I didn't know it. So I'm walking, I've walked in there to see Norm Peckham and uh, Mr. B uh, Chris Beer. What was his name? Beers and many other people over the years calling on him. And, you know, you go into what looks to be an old building that was modernized over time with the drop ceiling. But... What does Steve Bradley do? He goes and he just guts the whole place out. He took down all the walls and, of course, the drop ceiling. And the drop ceiling was, was what you couldn't see was that there was another 20 feet, at least, of, of the showroom. Because it was a department store. It was a JCPenney department. It's incredible how your perspective is completely thrown off.
when walking into a building with drop ceilings and walls, paneling, carpeting, displays, it, it kind of brings it all in. If you've noticed, for instance, like Tully's, Tully's used to be a big, big dealership that Davison built years ago. Then it was the Tilted Kilt. And when the Tilted Kilt did it, it was like this big-ass room with big bars and high ceilings. Now you go in there, and it's, it's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. Tully's is – but it's a completely different perspective because they broke it up, and it's darker, and the ceilings are lower. It's nice. Don't get me wrong. It's beautiful. But your perspective, like I said, has changed. So when I walked into what used to be the Severance Photo location on Lower Court Street – I thought I was walking into another place altogether that I've never been in before. I, I don't know how many times I don't know how many times I went into Severance to buy my tripod, you know, lights to talk to Norm or, or Paul Beers was his name, to talk to all those guys over the years. I walk in there yesterday and it's this humongous building with windows that haven't been seen the day of light in probably I don't know seventy years, somewhere thereabouts. So now it's going to, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Steve and I said, like, well, okay, you're building all these apartments and we'll get to that in a little bit. What are you going to do with this? I mean, this is just a big room. So this is going to be like a conference center. It's going to be, you know, for weddings and conferences, big, you know, big events, event center. So God bless you. Been working hard at it. And uh, I'm just sorry I didn't know anything about it because I've always been giving kudos to all the other people who deserve kudos and more, right from RJ. Right into Gary Beasley, for that matter, who, you know, who was, who was one of the first. And then Don Coon and Associates, and who could forget Jake Johnson and Brian Murray with a Y. But don't forget, and Glenn did, Steve Bradley. So the missing link is Lower Court Street. That's Steve Bradley Lane. So he takes me into one of the apartments where he's, he's redeveloping. The old House of Merit is all occupied. All those places are filled with soldiers, you know, and, and, you know, uh, uh, you know guys who, who love living downtown, who pay good money, who goes to the restaurants, who hang out, blah, 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 become soldiers, defend our, uh, our freedoms and so forth. That's the way it's supposed to be. So now he's adding more units. So I'm, I'm looking at all these natural wood, he just you know, everything, you know, tin ceilings, high ceilings. Instead of going out and getting expensive marble tops, I've never seen this before because I don't know anything about construction. I'm only fascinated by it. But he said, uh, look at that, that's all concrete. I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, how did you lug up concrete? You know, so no, we just we, we did it right here. We brought in bags of concrete and we made all these 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 uh, these table you know, for like for your, for the kitchen. What am I trying to say here? Instead of marble tops, it's all concrete. <laughs> that's freaking genius. It's so it's so inexpensive and it's very efficient. There's no way in the hell that's gonna crack. It's all re rebar and everything. So I, I, I was like, this is fascinating. And then I look up and I'm like, what's that? Is that like a, a, a fluorescent light? And he goes, no, that's a heater. It's, it's LED. I think he said it was infrared or LED heater. Everything is you know, LED lights and efficiency and so forth. And it's, it's like, it's the new craze. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's, it's, it's electric. So, well, geez. You know, I started doing the electric slide when he said that. It's electric. So I'm like, isn't that expensive? He goes, no. It's, and he said someone had heated their entire house just with one unit. And uh, the whole thing costs, uh, I, I, th I think the bill came out to like 100 bucks for the, for the month, whatever it was. I, I said, this, this is the future. In a building that was built in the, 18, in the 19th century, sitting there, it used to be Severance, and they were selling, you know, Syracuse, you know, pots and pans. I don't know what the hell they had in there. It was overpriced, whatever it was. And then Steve works it out. And now he's, he's taking over the entire lower court street. And, of course, there's other businesses there, too. You know, Bruce Page still has Dr. Guitar. 
and he and right now uh, Steve owns that building too. So he owns he owns the old, he's he's totally redone Barrow and Monroe, the old household merit building, which is enormous. And then he did this. Now he's doing Severance, and I'm missing a building there. Whatever he's doing a lot. And then there's another guy. His last name is his last name is Query, I believe, with a Q. And I hope I'm getting his name right. Maybe it's with a K. I have no idea. I don't know this person, but. They say he's doing the same thing that Steve is in other areas of Lower Court Street. And then you got, of course, the new concrete. you got the new cement walkways. I don't know if they're putting trees there. And then across the street, you got a $25 million aquatic center. Uh, it's like, wow, this is, this is really good. This is incredible. I, I thought this was going to be dead. Once Convergence said they were leaving, I said, that whole, that whole block is going to be a mess once again. But it's not. And uh, real developments going on in downtown Watertown, that's for sure. 755-1240 is the number. I have pictures. I'll share them. But I'm going to do even better than that. We're working on something right here at the community broadcasters where we're, we're going to make this happen. We have personnel here that, that can help us. By the way, Purcell Construction, I did not know this, uh, is, is I'm assuming the primary contractor for the Aquatic Center. They have a huge sign there along with M&T Bank. And uh, once that's built, I tell you what, it's, it's going to be something. So, and then, of course, Jake owns underneath that. So that's all rented. You know, not too long ago, we were talking about abandoning ship. You know, like downtown is dead. It's not. It's, it's been more vibrant. And I don't know how many times I walked by Lower State Street over the years and looked at that old Firestone place where all the pigeons were crapping all over the place. I just figured this is, this is, a, this is a DEC nightmare. I mean, one day we're just going to find out it's just going to burn to the ground. You know, they used to sell Amish furniture out of there. It always looked like crap. It's like, wow, what, a, what an eyesore it was. Now you look at it, and it's, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a mall. You know, the uh, Johnson family, once again, Patty Johnson's been running that like a tight ship. That was a huge hole on, on Lower State Street. It was a mess. And then you got Chuck down there with, with his bakery and his place. Chuck is something. He's funny. I, I don't know Chuck that well, but he's, he's, uh, he's a character. And uh, he's doing great stuff, too. So, and my mom would always say this, you know, once young money gets older, it, it gets more productive. You just got to wait for it, Glenn. And, and that's what happens. You always depend on the old, you know, it's, oh, yeah, the, the old money will come back here. The old money left here a long time ago. We don't have old money here anymore. We really don't. We don't have the Kennedys anymore. They're gone. They're long gone. We, 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 who's the other guy that was screwing up the town? I forget. He and his crazy wife. They were from Manhattan. They, they were just slumlords. All that is gone. Do we have a, a, a brighter future? No, of course we do. Is, 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 is there a long ways to go? Yes. It's the other, remember the other day? Some guy called the ordinance guy says that his friend claims that there's 1,900 ghost houses in Watertown. 1,900. Someone texted me moments after that. I said, that can't be right. So I got thinking. There's 80 miles of road in Watertown, of, of streets, I should say. So that's at least, let's just say, 2,000 blocks. I could be wrong. I could be off by a lot, but let's just say I'm right. So, you know, it doesn't matter where you are in Watertown. There's at least one house in every block that is a ghost house. And what is a ghost house? A ghost house is something... That is owned, taxes are paid for, the, either through the bank or through some management company or some estate, whichever, but no one lives in it. Someone's paying for something, but no one lives there. 
And there's other ghost houses that are literally worse than that where no one claims, you know, someone's long gone. No one knows what's going on with the estate. The roof is caving in. That's clearly a ghost house. It should be taken down altogether. But 1,900? So I'm thinking if we have 2,000 blocks, and I think that's a good guess, 80 miles of streets, that's at least one abandoned house in every block. There you go. It's 1,900. That's, that's disgusting. And this time of year when you're driving between like now or at 4 o'clock, you know, everyone driving home. By the way, avoid Lower Washington Street on the way out south at around 4 o'clock. It's, it's, like, it's, it's like the Long Island Expressway. That, that must be the time that the state office people are let out because the whole block is just packed with trucks and SUVs going south to Adams. Apparently, that's where everyone, <laughs> apparently that's where everyone lives who works in the, at least in that general area. Amazing. But so my, here's my point. I'll have more. I asked Steve because he was busy. He was plowing and all that stuff. I said, Steve, wanted to come on the show. So I'll work out something with Steve, um, you know, Jake and Jake, Steve and all the guys. I just I would love to get all these guys in the room. I don't know if it's possible. I, I mean, I don't even know what Brian Murray looks like, to tell you the truth. But he's done an incredible amount to Watertown. I don't even know if he's native from around here. RJ, we know. And all these guys, they, you know, they, they're very humble guys. They're very approachable, you know. Just just like, uh, uh, what's his face, uh, Don Cole. Did you ever meet Don Cole, the late, great Don Cole, Cole Muffler? There was a guy that would give you the time of day. He didn't need to. No one needs to give me or you or anyone the time of day. I don't care how much they have in their wallet. But a guy like Don Cole, you'd figure, nah, he's not going to give you the time of day. He did. Always did. And all these guys do as well. Good sign. Hi, you're in the air. Glenn, take a second. Yeah. Google how many empty homes in Watertown. And what does it say? I got very little time. What does it say? 246. It said the list is growing, but it's 246. How, how accurate is that, in your opinion? Well, it's reported. It must be reported for them to pick that up. Just Google it and see what you think. All right. I'll check it out. I'm checking it out right now. Yep. All right. Thanks. How many ghost houses... In Watertown, New York. Dip, 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 dip. All right. I don't know. I'm not getting any answers here. The Paddock Mansion, Thompson Park Vortex. Three most haunted places in Watertown. (laughs) Uh, Haunted House on Cedar Street. Classic Monsters Highlight Annual Haunted House. All right. I'll have to look it up. Less than 300? I don't know. Unless they're all on Academy Street, because that's what that's where I j- based a lot of things on. In other streets, don't get me wrong. Boyd Street's worse. Franklin Street's a mess. Gotham Street, some parts there. And we're talking beautiful homes, gorgeous homes. Someone else is texting me. Dip 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 day. Oh boy, I got a lot of texts. Oh uh, yeah, our our uh, mean girl friend says not ghosts, they're zombie homes. And someone else said Mike Trainer. Oh, that, that's who was said it. Oh, sorry. I, was I supposed to reveal who that was? Anyway, sorry. Uh, and Jammer's Tavern was across from the diner from Cook's. I don't know that. See, I should really check my text throughout the show so I can, you know, regain context and, and understand what they're, what they're talking about. But I really appreciate it. And again, a lot of them are my friends. A lot of people have known me from the show that have uh, given me or answers to questions or some, some advice here and there. Greatly, I always appreciate that. Hey, you know what? It was a breath of fresh air today. It really was. 
And, um, you know, and I say that because obviously there's been some contentious things going on in these uh, radio shows in recent weeks. Uh, and the vote of uh, the judgment, rather, for McCluskey's next week, it's not going away. We'll talk about it. But Friday is, at least in my opinion, a time to walk away from that and just enjoy the fact that we're alive. And uh, one day we will have a House speaker. And then, of course, we're going right into the weekend. I didn't even give you the weather report. Apparently it's going to be messy, but we're tough people around here. We can deal with all that stuff. So have fun at, uh, at your, wherever you are this weekend because this is the, first of the official first weekend of the new year. And it's going to be great for football. As we know, Hamlin is breathing again on his own. Now it's, it's almost like uh, uh, Burgess Meredith in uh, Rocky II. What are we waiting for? He's got to get that game scheduled again. Not to sound like Skip Bayless and be like a, a selfish guy. The guy is alive. He's a well. Some other ex-football player uh, almost died saving his kids from drowning that day. We should give him some respect, too. Hamlin's alive. Let's play that game, and let's go to the Super Bowl. AM 1240 W810 Watertown makes this legal. Up next, CBS News. This is CBS News on the Hour, sponsored by Liberty Mutual Insurance. I'm Stacey Lynn in Washington. It's been two years since...